you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant, vaccinated, dodging all the different variants like Neo in the Matrix. Uh, we are getting closer to the start of the regular season. Uh, of course, as always, producer Justin is alongside. we got plenty to talk about. Our cavalcade of fantasy stars continues uh, as we continue through the preseason. Join today. Uh, by maybe one of the hardest working men in the <laughs> fantasy industry business. Uh, and I, I say that too, because not just football he does. He also sort of dabbles in baseball and a lot of other things. Uh, you can hear him in any number of places, including the Fantasy Pros podcast uh, and a whole lot of other spots. In fact, I would just let him fill you in on where he can be. It's, uh, it's the one and only Joe P. Sapia. Joe P., uh, yeah, I know you have so many things on your on your to-do list. Where can folks find you? Well, first of all, I, that coming from you, hardest worker man, show business, that means a lot. I appreciate that. Let me tell you something. But yeah, I'm very grateful that the overlap of baseball and football has now faded away. Last week was the last baseball show, Fantasy Pros. So it is only the five football shows a week. We got our Fantasy Fest on Thursday. Only 12 hours, Marcus. I mean, it's it's just 10 in the morning till 10 at night Eastern time. It's not too much, right? I'll be fine. Uh, we'll see how I, I would definitely tune in somewhere around six or seven if you're working because God knows how punchy I'm going to be by the end of that thing. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, that's going to be must-see YouTube magic, I can uh, tell you that. But yeah, man, we got the Fantasy Football Black Book out there, crushing it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. We're uh, number one in fantasy sports. I think we're number four or number three in football books today. Sweet. Very cool. And of course, all the Fantasy Pros show. We do the wrestling show, and Adam Rank's coming on tomorrow. I'm sure there'll be some kind of wrestling talk on that program that'll alienate my co-host, but who cares? <laughs> it's just about us having fun, man, and I'm happy to be here with you having fun rocking it out right now. Dude, that's so awesome. And by the way, the Black Book, if you haven't checked it out, be sure to do that because it is, uh, I mean, just a litany of wrestling recognizable names across the industry who write and contribute to that book uh and and it's, it's a great thing every year um it goes deep so if you are looking for something to kind of help you get ready for your draft to help you kind of prep for the season uh go check it out on amazon uh it's, it's good stuff there so Thanks, uh i wanted to start with actually a bunch of philosophical questions fantasy related mm. but i but i i feel like i have to start with did you pour a little bit out for tim tebow this morning <laughs> You know, I, I, that's a great way of putting it. Get some oldie, pour some out for my home. Uh, listen, man, I have great respect to Tim Tebow at this stage in his life, who could be sitting around in a, in a nice air-conditioned studio, making lots of money, just talking about football, you know, like you and I do. It's so amazing that he still is like, yeah, I want to I want to play football still. I want to I want to change positions. I want to do all that. So I got a lot of respect for Tim Tebow, the athlete who just thinks that he can keep playing baseball, keep playing football, keep doing all these things. So philosophically speaking, nothing but respect for the man. Obviously, fantasy wise, if you're in any of those best ball leagues where you saw somebody draft Tim Tebow and you chuckled, well, this is why, because you knew it wasn't going to happen. So good on him for giving the effort. Because the man does not need to be doing this. I'm mm -hmm. sure he's already pretty comfortable. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think we thought it was going to end another way. But this is the way it ended. And at least the man went out fighting. That's all I could say about Tebow, right? I mean, he went yeah. out fighting. 
He did. I mean, look, he, he gave it his best shot. Uh, I mean, I think you're right. We sort of knew it was going to end this way. I will say that I didn't think it would end so soon. Um, you know, with the, the, the relationship between he and Urban Meyer, I really thought that that it would last a little bit longer. That we might even get into the regular season before uh, they made the move. So I will say that I was a little bit surprised when I woke up this morning. Uh, and I saw the news that Tim Tebow had been released by the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, all right. Uh, more generally, though, uh, we we have a full we've had a full week of preseason plus the Hall of Fame game now mm-hmm. under our belt, and it's always fun to sort of watch the reactions on Twitter when things happen and mm-hmm. and how players shift and move. But for you, how much stock do you put into what we are seeing in the preseason? Well, that's always the question, right? Because we see a little bit, especially in that first week, right? And we want to overrate it, especially guys who might look good against the twos and the threes. And we always have to keep those expectations under wraps. I think preseason is important for some guys, you know, and more than others. I mean, Javante Williams, a perfect example. Like, that's an important preseason. We want to see him look good. He looked explosive. Mm-hmm. He looked really good running with the ones. And he would have had a touchdown if Jerry Judy would have been able to throw that block properly. Instead, he just kind of whiffed on it. Didn't really give a great effort, gave a Tebow-esque kind of effort on the block there. (laughs) But, you know, that's the kind of stuff that matters. And, you know, also, you know, when you're watching the games, instead of just looking at the stat lines, I see Mac Jones, too, who looked pretty capable running that Patriots offense. And had that 30-yard touchdown pass been hauled in, it was a great pass. That That's a throw Cam Newton does not make, cannot make, especially right now in his career, maybe arguably ever. It's not really his forte. That highlight reel would have gone viral, would have been a big difference in that stat line and maybe even changed more of that perception. So for the rookie quarterbacks this year, it matters a lot because we want to see, especially in super flex leagues, how much that can really kind of change some of their values there as a second or maybe third quarterback that you want some shares of, but also what that impact is going to be for the potential offenses they take over. So really this preseason to me, the theme is the rookie quarterbacks. And a few of those running backs that we're looking at very carefully, can they make a jump, you know, from that RB2 to maybe a low-end RB1? How does Najee look? Yeah, how does Travis Etienne look? Those kind of guys that we kind of keeping a close eye on, not just the rookies, but even Antonio Gibson, who I think a lot of people have a lot of high hopes for. Guys like that, CEH, those are important preseasons just to see what the role is. And we're going to get a much better indicator of that, I think, in the second week of the preseason, because next week we ain't going to see a whole lot either. Yeah, it's sort of weird, too, because this is you know, the, the quote unquote dress rehearsal week coming up, right? right? What used to be the third week where you would see your starters play for, you know, maybe a half, maybe even into the third quarter. Now, I think that comes into that second week. But even then, you know, Joe, you look at teams like the Rams, right? Like Sean McVay basically has just decided, like, I'm not playing any. I know who my starters are. I know who my key players are. And we're just not going to see guys like Matthew Stafford or Robert Woods, you know, in the preseason at all. Um, but I do think there's something to sort of watch for. I also I also feel like, you know, this is sort of a way to uh, maybe bolster confirmation bias, I think, for a lot of people. <laughs> you know, like if you, you know, look, I love Javante Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Like seeing what he did this week only makes my love stronger for him, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you If you don't love a guy and he had a bad outing, then suddenly, you know, there's no hope and, there, and there's, there's nothing that can change your mind or at least it's harder to change your mind mm-hmm. about these sort of things, which sort of, I guess, begs the question now because look, the fantasy space has grown. It is enormous. There are so many people there. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about the Fantasy Football Expo, mm-hmm. which was a big deal and looked like a great time in Canton. Um, There's so many people here and there, there are so many opinions and things mm-hmm. Have we have we jumped the shark on these preseason evaluations a, a little bit with with how we feel and how we react to things? I don't know if we've jumped the shark with them, but the problem is, especially like I would say in the in the Twitter verse of fantasy football, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people like to take the one highlight play and, and not look at everything else. Like you could look at the Trey Lance 
you know, touchdown pass, and that was a great one, right? Being able to avoid the, the contact, get out there, make a deep throw. You also kind of saw, you know, guys like Brandon Ayuk seeing that ball come out a little bit hotter than they're used to from Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh, <laughs> that, that was a little bit more of a zip on that football. Maybe I wasn't quite prepared for that. But what you're not seeing then is the sacks he takes, right? Or same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Like the offensive line needs to play a little bit better there in both of those circumstances if those guys are going to have success, especially as rookies. So we can love the talent, but you can't just kind of hot take every good moment and not kind of be realistic about some of the negatives too. And look at the O-line and really watch the entire clip. And the good thing about the first week of the preseason is you only have to watch about 15 minutes of every game to get a good (laughs) sense of what's going on. And then the rest you kind of leave aside. But I think there are, you know, some important things going on there. What the fantasy football community does very well is highlight the good. I would like them also to be realistic about some of the good as well and realize that, all right, let's get excited about this, but let's also have some perspective that they are running sometimes like Trey Lance is going against the twos, right? You know, and Mac Jones, same thing, going against the twos and the threes, a little different than Chase Young running after you. It's a little bit different scenario. So, I think that's what you have to do. But what's nice is we're getting a much more diverse and a much bigger community. And I think that is a very important thing. And I think that's been well, well documented that it's been far too long uh, coming. And I think that's what's so great. You're getting a lot of different opinions, a lot of really good informed opinions. And that's what's also nice about the conversation getting better. I think the conversation's at a point now where it's a much wider conversation. And eventually, I think that makes us all smarter and gives us a better perspective on our fantasy football life. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I do think, you know, the the more voices you have, Mm because I will say that, you know, for for every hot take you see out there or every overreaction to one piece of video, there are, you know... There are some people who jump in and, you know, let's pump the brakes. Let's calm down. Let's, you know, let's 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 look at this rationally. I know sometimes those folks get labeled as haters and maybe sometimes they are. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but I do think that, you know, there is there is sort of that calming effect that I think has happened as as the space has grown as it has gotten bigger. By the way, you, you talk about the Trey Lance throw. Um, I, you know, I, I have a text chain with some really good friends of mine and mm-hmm. we all grew up in the Bay Area and. and 49er fans and uh moments after it happened i just got a text that was like all caps like send jimmy packing like that was that was the hey man he was my two quarterback on the board the whole time i don't know what the heck the jets were looking at i really don't like i I just what knocked me out about the draft coverage or maybe you feel the same way or don't i don't know but all the questions you might have had about lance are the same kind of questions you could have put on wilson but I'm looking at the body type. I'm looking at what the NFL is right now. I'm looking at how athletic the quarterback positions become. You see guys like Josh Allen. You see guys like Mahomes. You see guys like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Trey Lance fits a mold of something that could be very special. And Wilson might be a very good quarterback. It's possible. But I, I don't know. In terms of quarterback prospect, I mean, Lance was the one I got excited about. And even Fields more so. I mean, Wilson, to me, was was fourth and, and in a tier kind of by himself there. And the knock on on Lance was, well, you didn't face a lot of big competition on stuff. Well, isn't that kind of the same thing? You look at every Zach Wilson highlight, and it's all in a clean pocket where he's got eight, nine seconds to throw the football. Well, of course he's going to look pretty good there. He's a great playmaker. Don't want to take anything away from him. Mm. But the speed of the game is going to change. It was great to see Lance look comfortable, look confident, and make some throws that once, you know, your friends are right. Jimmy G is not making some of those throws. And it's just it's just the truth. You see Jimmy G out there, quick slant, quick slant, quick slant. You see Trey Lance out there, all of a sudden, ball's matriculating downfield a little bit. Ball's coming out a little fast, faster, too. Also, he's able to elude a little of the pressure, too, which is also quite helpful in keeping those chains moving. 
Well, I think the thing you said about you know, body types and the way the quarterback position is changing mm-hmm. in the NFL mm-hmm. is also why there was such an uproar when it looked like or when we believed that the Niners were going to take Mac Jones at three. Um, obviously, in the building in San Francisco or Santa Clara, they knew they weren't taking Mac Jones at three. Uh, but you know, kudos to Kyle Shanahan for just letting everybody keep thinking that, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, if that's what you want to think, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disabuse you of that notion. But I do think that is sort of what Mac Jones might end up being a pretty good quarterback, but mm-hmm. he is not, he is not a, a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields. You know, he's right. not a Trevor Lawrence. He's not that guy. And it is, it was sort of weird in the sense that the Patriots have two quarterbacks that couldn't be more different stylistically. <laughs> Uh, in Cam Newton and Mac Jones. And so, you know, I, I, I always held to the belief that, look, the idea of Mac Jones at 13 seemed okay. The idea of mm-hmm. Mac Jones at three seemed like a stretch. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I think Mac Jones on a lot of teams is a stretch. Mm-hmm. The team where he actually fits the best is the Patriots because the Patriots historically, they want the quarterback that can, you know, hit the guy in the right time. They want the guy who can look around the field and, and see the progressions and do all that stuff. And, and I, once again, you know, coming back to Cam Newton, you know, that style of play is not something they've really embraced over time. And Cam Newton last year as a passer had a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to attribute some of the things in, well, COVID, you know, all the other things and stuff like that that he had. I, I get all that, and that's fair. But at the same time, let's also realize how incredibly predictable they were. First few weeks of the season, Cam looked okay also till everybody realized – that's literally all you got, right? You're you're not able to throw the football. You're not able to make the the reads. You're not able to figure out where to to get rid of it and when and when they're right timing. And you kind of saw that also in this first game as well, which I think is very troubling for those people who have fantasy investments in Cam Newton. Whereas Mac Jones looked like a guy who was kind of in that, you know, nobody's Brady. So anyone, let's never <laughs> ever say that. But he is more in that stand-up quarterback, good mm. decision-making, don't turn the ball over. And he's got that weird kind of swag where he thinks he's better than he is. And you got to love that about the kid, right? I mean, it's like, put your shirt back on, Mac Jones. We get it. Like, we, we think you're cool. But the the interesting thing is there's two fantasy assets on the Patriots that, one, I don't think changes regardless of who's quarterback, and that's John New Smith. Because the best version of Cam was always throwing the football to the tight end and Greg Olson. And I think with young quarterbacks, they're always going to look for that guy to check down a little bit, security blanket, tight end, big body guy. John is that guy. It's Damian Harris, where Damian Harris can go from a guy who you could draft as an RB4 right now, and if Mac Jones is quarterback sooner than later, that's a guy whose touchdown equity goes much higher than it would if Cam Newton's quarterback. So that's the stock that really becomes very volatile depending upon who indeed does have that job and how long they have it. Yeah, you know, I've I've been saying recently that I I am a fan of Cam Newton as a football fan, and I want I would love to see the Cam Newton of old come back, but as a as a fantasy manager, I can't I can't do it. I can't uh, nope. I can't invest in that. So, all right. So now that I talked about maybe overhyping guys, let's uh, let's hype up some rookie quarterback, shall we? Um, let's do it. Uh, Justin Fields came out and looked very good. Um, and if if anybody missed it, all you had to do was just go to Adam Rank's Twitter feed. And, you know, his, his Twitter feed, his TikToks, his Instagrams, all of them, and you would have found out how well Justin Fields did. Despite all of that, uh, Matt Nagy is saying that Andy Dalton is still their QB1. Do you believe him? Is that going to be the case? Uh, or, or, you know, are we going to see a change of heart before we get to week one? I, I could even see some videos of Adam Rank going out there singing some karaoke, Fields of Gold, the old Sting song, <laughs> just him kind of rocking out there, just rank on the mic, just solo rank. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I don't think you're going to see Fields right away still. I really don't. I think it's going to take a couple weeks. But uh, if memory serves, the Bears have a late buy. So it's really one of those things where it's just time to make that change they will. And I think what you saw out of Fields, which is exciting, and again, uh, for the Black Book, I always do the quarterback write-ups every year, no matter what, no matter how many people come in. And I'm so blessed to have such a great team of people come in and work with me, including one of your colleagues, Michael Florio. Mm -hmm. It's the quarterback position, if you understand the quarterback position, you understand the offense. If you understand that, everything filters out in terms of the rest of your fantasy share. So getting that right is crucial. Fields, what I like the most about him is any kind of early struggle, it didn't matter, right? He kind of shook that off. You love the fact that he can make plays with his legs because that is a game changer. It's why people are excited about Jalen Hurts, maybe too excited sometimes, because I think there's still some downside to Jalen Hurts that people haven't talked about quite enough, or I don't want to put him as a QB1 quite yet. Superflex? Okay, maybe we could have that conversation. But I think with Fields, I think you're going to see him sooner than later. You know what Andy Dalton is, and I think from the perspective of... Uh, the Chicago Bears, it would be smart to kind of start with Andy Dalton, who, let's be frank, is already an enormous upgrade over anything from last year, okay? Yeah. No matter what you think of Andy Dalton, he is an upgrade over Trubisky and Nick Foles. He absolutely is. So he is a he is an efficient NFL quarterback. He is fine. Now, Justin Fields, you have the opportunity where you can see how the team responds with Dalton. You know, I don't think throwing the kid necessarily to the Wolves in week one or two is a smart thing to do. Let him continue to be confident. Let's see how the second week goes. And then after that, maybe you can come back and reevaluate that timetable. But the notion that he's not going to see playing time this year, I think that is far out the window. If you recall, I think that was the beginning thing. Well, we want him to sit for a year with Andy Dalton. Right. <laughs> that ain't happening. I mean, there's just no reason for it. Same thing with the Pats, right? When you make an investment in a quarterback with a first round pick, how often, Marcus, have we seen those guys not have significant playing time in the last five, six years? That's really just the way of the game right now. Yeah, I think the the days of a first round quarterback sitting and watching and waiting, they they're done. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that the last the last one I can really think of might have might have been Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's probably somebody since then, but you know, but well, but again, Mahomes sat for an entire. That's year. true. Mahomes, you're right. Mahomes did sit, but you know, and Rodgers was playing behind Brett Favre, you know, so it was sort of a different situation at that point. Uh, and I wanted to check it too. the yeah. opening game. I thought it was, it was against the Rams it's for the, the Rams. Bears. Mm -hmm. So really, I mean, do you hear Justin Fields? Here's the football. There's Aaron Donald. Go have fun. Is well, that really what you want to do with the kid? It, I don't think it's so. It's the Rams in week one. It's the Browns in week three, right? So, I mean, yeah. same sort of thing. Do you really October want to first. That sounds like a good time. You really want to throw him in there and, and have him running from his, for his life from Miles Garrett, you know? No. So like you, there is probably a reason that, that we're going to see Andy Dalton uh, at the start of the year. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right. Trey Lance, we're just, just talking about it. The, the over-under on when you think he, he pushes Jimmy G out of the starting seat. I think it's by week six, you know, so that around that bye time. I think I think because he didn't play, this is the, the different scenario, right? Because he didn't play at all last year, I think you do want to get him more reps. I think you do want to get him comfortable. So as good as he might look, and he might blow the doors off again this weekend, it's very possible. It's not an impossibility whatsoever. 
but I think what you want to do is let him continue to get the stamina up to get get really comfortable. The only thing that could change that time frame would be a Jimmy Garoppolo injury, who, let's face it, has missed significant time in his 49er career. I mean, significant. And that's the one thing we we could talk about the play of Jimmy Garoppolo, and maybe it's good enough. It was certainly good enough to get to a Super Bowl and have a lead in the Super Bowl at one point. But at the same time, he has missed a lot of time in the last few years, last year especially too. So that would move up the time frame. And if Trey Lance, let's say a Jimmy Garoppolo injury happens week two or week three, I don't see Trey Lance ever giving that job up. And I don't know if you agree with that notion, but mm. I think he would be good enough early on that you would see nothing but kind of blowback from the organization and the fan base of saying, hey, let's go forward here. Let's go with the future. Why are we trying to go backwards? We know what Garoppolo is. Let's see what Lance is. Because I think realistically this year, they're looking up at the Rams. I really do. I think the 49ers are a good football team. I like Serban. I like some of the moves they had this offseason. But I think at the same time, you have to still put the Rams, I think, with that defense they have, bringing in Matthew Stafford, still a, a pretty good cut above. Seahawks are always going to be competitive in that division, too. So for me, I think that's a guy you'll see him by week six. I'm curious, do you think you're going to see him start the year? I know there's been some buzz, but do you actually think week one is possible? I don't think it is. Uh, I mean, I had, I had said it originally at week four. Um, so I, I still think it's going to be Garoppolo at the start of the year. Uh, I, I still think there are things to work on. Yeah, yes, the, the throw he made was amazing. And it, mm-hmm. and you know, everybody had stars in their eyes when they saw it. But then, <laughs> you know, you read things like, uh, you know, in practice, his the, the time management is still lacking. You know, things were like you know, he's, he's running out the clock inadvertently in, in situations. So there's still, I think, some game management, just some some situational awareness that I think they want him to have. Um, you know, and if they can buy some time with Garoppolo, then I think they will do that. Now, the other part of this is, as you mentioned, that division is going to be a dogfight, mm-hmm. um, you know, with all those teams in there. I mean, yeah, the, the Cardinals are improving. They, they have sure. a very good offense. They go and they add J.J. Watt to their defense. I mean, they, they, they've got some, some pieces to really be competitive in that division, too. That might also sort of accelerate the timeline, right? If they get off to a bad start, and they are really looking up at a couple teams in that division and the playoffs are, are not looking that great, um, then I think that just only you know, pushes Shanahan more to say, well, let's mm-hmm. let's figure out what the kids got uh, and, and make that decision from there. But I would be very, very surprised uh, if we see Trey Lance in week one of the season against for, for the 49ers. Trevor Lawrence uh, is uh, he was the number one overall pick. He is the, you know, greatest quarterback prospect since you know fill in the blank here um (laughs) and the big takeaway you sort of touched on it from the weekend was that he obviously has the skill to play at this level nobody ever doubted that but there are question marks around him especially in front of him in that offensive line so to that end does that cool any potential hype that we have on him in fantasy or was there even that much hype there for him in fantasy this year it's funny i feel like there's there's not enough hype like i feel like i have to be the guy out here and i and i literally just did it on a show this morning at fantasy pros where i said can we be a little bit more excited about trevor lawrence i mean everyone's excited about justin fields but we just kind of agreed that we're probably not gonna see him for maybe a few weeks and then we're all excited about trey lance we're probably not gonna see him for a few weeks and mac jones well maybe i don't know wilson you're gonna see but what about the 1-1? One, one? What about Trevor <laughs> Lawrence, for God's sakes? I think because Trevor Lawrence can get out in space, can get out of the pocket, move around, I think what that does is it allows him to, in a way, 
cover up some of the faults of the offensive line. I don't think you wanted to see a lot of that in that first game, but I think that's something if you saw Trevor Lawrence play four quarters, you know, he gets hit a couple times. It goes, all right, well, next time I feel that pressure, I'm going to take off for 20 yards. I'm sure Urban Meyer was not a big fan of him doing that in this preseason game or maybe even the second one. But I think what you did see is you, you saw him complete, you know, a couple passes to Marvin Jones. It was encouraging. You barely saw ETN, which I think that is going to be a big difference. And and maybe the fact you barely saw ETN shouldn't be the negative, people say. Maybe it's a little bit more of a positive mm-hmm. of what actually the expectation for him could be. So people who are already a little negative, maybe, um, well, he didn't do too much and get a lot of opportunity. Well, look, let's let the rest of the guys who are maybe more of the depth of that running back by committee get a little bit more reps now. And let's save Travis Etienne a little bit for the regular season and for this long 17-game season. But for me, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's got just as much upside as Jalen Hurts to become a a low-end QB1 this year. And yet it feels like nobody seems to care about it but me anymore. And you would (laughs) think people would have Trevor Lawrence fatigue, but it's the opposite. All we have is... Fields. All we have is Lance. It's all we can talk about right now. And that's cool. But I mean, did we forget what we saw Trevor Lawrence do? Do we forget some of the backbreaking runs in those big games where you'd run for 20 yards, 30 yards and just crush somebody on a third and long? That's the kind of stuff he's capable of doing. I think Trevor Lawrence will just, you know, will feel his way into things. And and if he looks significantly better, that will change the narrative this week. But the good news is at least Lawrence is not going to be a statue in the pocket. He's not an Eli Manning type quarterback who's just going to be there and you have to worry about him. So the fact that he can move around a little bit is good. But at the same time, the offensive line might hold him back slightly. The good news is he's got a nice complement of weapons and probably, you know, he's going to start week one. I mean, I can't imagine him not starting week one. That's the one guy who is, <laughs> we, we know for sure. And that's the one guy nobody seems to want to talk about. I don't yeah. know. Go figure, Marcus. That, that is the weird part, right? Like he is the guy we know is going to play right away. Um, and for whatever reason, that just doesn't seem to be that, that buzz about him. And I guess the other part that's strange to me is because I do like the pieces. I am an unabashed LaVisca Chenault stand, right? I have okay. been since the day they drafted him. I've doubled down on it this year. I believe in him. I've drafted Marvin Jones in a lot of places. I, I, I like the combination of Etienne and Robinson behind him. I, so I like all those pieces. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I, I admit I have not you know, I have not been stoking the Trevor Lawrence fires and I don't I can't explain why uh, it just it just sort of is what it is, because <laughs> I guess because because the narrative and the conversation has been so centered on fields and on Lance that I just I haven't. And and um, I've had other people ask me, like, shouldn't we be talking about him more? And I'm probably like and I said, yeah, probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm not. I I don't and I I can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, That's why so, I'm here to remind yeah. everybody. Trevor Lawrence is good at football. There you well, go. There's you, my Joe. analysis. Award winning right uh, there. You're welcome, sort, everyone. Sort of side note. Do you believe this? You know, this Carlos Hyde is going to get a big role. No, not I like. <laughs> I am unfazed by Carlos Hyde. I am, I am phased by Malcolm Brown. I'm phased by that. And I was somebody who was very afraid of Miles Gaskin to begin with. There's definitely some backfields early on that I started to go, oh gosh, you know, got a lot of Salvin Ahmed uh, late best ball shares just in case to hedge some bets. But no, I'm not really worried about Hyde or Robinson. And and I'll say this, you know, Robinson was tremendous last year. I don't take anything away from that guy. You know, undrafted free agents who can come in and make an impact is amazing. But it is a different regime, and I don't think there's any marriage to him whatsoever for this organization currently as it's constituted. So I think Robinson will get some work, of course. But Travis Etienne, I, I kind of look at that same way that you saw the path of Swift and Taylor, where 
if you're high on them, draft them, but be patient because it might be something that the latter eight weeks of the season as opposed to the first eight weeks of the season. How many people were really frustrated with Jonathan Taylor, right? And those Naheem Hines games or the Jordan Wilkins game. Everybody remembers that? <laughs> I know you do. A lot of people have the scars from that. And what happened eventually was those guys eventually got up to speed, eventually got comfortable, and eventually became fantasy game changer, especially Taylor, right? I mean, I mean, David Montgomery took a year and a half, but I think with, with Travis Etienne, that's a player who you can't imagine that Trevor Lawrence didn't have a hand in that selection. That's his guy, right? So having Trevor Lawrence be comfortable at the NFL level, I think to a certain extent, absolutely means, well, I got the guy behind me that in college we won a lot with, and that matters. And also the flexibility of that player to line up in the slot, to do some other fun things with. They're going to find ways to get him the football. If you draft him, it's okay to be aggressive, but have a plan for the first four or five weeks and also understand you have to be patient. You can, It might not happen until we turn the page from October into November, but when it does, it could be a very special league-winning sort of a pick. So you talk about you know, setting up a, a guy, a, a rookie quarterback especially, to be comfortable. And that kind of gets me to Zach Wilson in the sense that you know, what the Jets have done with Wilson is the opposite of what they did with Sam Darnold. Uh, mm -hmm. They seem to have made it a point to put things and put people around Wilson to at least help him succeed. Now, you know, I know you said that he was your number four quarterback, um, but you know, with with all the hype we've seen about Elijah Moore, with all the buzz we've seen mm -hmm. about Michael Carter, you know, with with Corey Davis coming in there as a free agent. I mean, Jamison Crowder is still hanging around there. And this mm -hmm. guy's been a good player for a number of years. Um, there we get even a little bit excited about Zach Wilson, probably not in redraft leagues, but maybe like, you know, dynasty league, something like that. Can we get excited about him? Well, in the dynasty Superflex community, I think you could start to be mildly excited. I I don't want to throw all kinds of cold water on the Jets. <laughs> I love the coach. That's one of your guys too, mm -hmm. as a 49er. Robert Sala, right? yeah. Robert Sala is, is a tremendous leader. I, I mean, anywhere he goes, you talk to the guys when they were with him in Detroit, San Fran, everybody loves this guy. So I think for the first time in a very long time, the Jets got it right at head coach. Now, that's the start, right, of all of this. And you're right. They have done a very good job of surrounding him with talent there. I think the Corey Davis signing was really good. Michael Carter, I think, is going to be a very good running back. It's just hard to imagine, once again, right away, this Jets offense being a top 15 offense in the NFL, right? I just don't see that happening. Is it a top 20 offense in the NFL? Uh, I don't know about that either. And that's what you have to understand is the growing pains of the rookie quarterback at that level um, just by taking Adam Gase out of the scenario is all the addition you possibly need by subtraction for the Jets, right? Take Adam Gase away from the young quarterback. Look at Ryan Tannehill. We can only hope that Sam Darnold starts to take a path where his career is saved in Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. But I think right now with the Jets, it is about them trying to just get the kid acclimated, get him comfortable, surround him with some talent so he can be good. But in terms of fantasy relevance, especially in 21, I struggle with that because mm -hmm. let's not forget six games he's going to play two against the Buffalo Bills. It's a pretty good defense last time I checked. Pretty mm -hmm. good defensive coach. Some guy named Bill Belichick twice who pretty <laughs> much gives rookie quarterbacks fits. And let's not forget about Brian Flores, too. And that mm -hmm. defense is for real with Miami. And that's a very competitive team that comes out ready to play. So those are already six games on the schedule where you can't be really excited about the matchups. And then you throw in a couple more. Next thing you know, it's what's the ceiling for the Jets offense? I think the floor is questionable. There really is no ceiling, I don't think, unfortunately. I think in terms of depth, sure. Corey Davis is, I think, still going to see a fair amount of targets. Probably going to be surprisingly good. Corey Davis is going to score 10 touchdowns this year. I think that would be miraculous if that were to happen. If he can get five or six, 
you know, and somewhere around 850 yards or 900 yards, you go, okay, well, that's that's good. That's a good wide receiver, four or five kind of guy, depending on the, the depth you're playing in terms of leagues. But, you know, with the Jets, I, I, I've i lived in New York my whole life, right, Marcus? So I've seen a lot of, I've seen Browning Nagel. I've oh. seen uh, Richard Todd. I've seen a lot in my time. I've seen a lot of Jet quarterbacks, <laughs> Ken O'Brien, all this stuff. And I'm not a Jets fan, nor a Giants fan, luckily. I've somehow managed to escape both of those. But... I've seen a lot of Jets quarterbacks go wrong, and I hope they've got it right here. I'm encouraged by the coach that they got the right guy at least to get it right. But I think in terms of fantasy, it's just very difficult to get there right now because it is going to be more of a learning curve and a difficult level when you're talking about the opponents. Thank you for putting a description to that that unease I get in my stomach when I talk about the Jets because I do... (laughs) I do fall into the hey man, Elijah Moore could be really good, and, good. and Michael Carter could be really good, and 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 look, maybe they will be. Um, but I, at the same time, I'm always like you know, but dot 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 Jets, and and I think you sort of summed up very well what that dot 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 is because there are things about it that we should sort of be concerned about. That doesn't mean I'm not going to take a shot at Michael Carter if I want running back depth. Sure, I'm not taking a shot. You know, I, I won't you know, avoid Elijah Moore at, at wide receiver. Um, but it does sort of remind me that there are real world and real life situations that can prevent some of these guys from going to the moon. Go back and watch your shows from three years ago or four years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And and go back and watch all the conversations around Sam Darnold. Right. Right. Polished quarterback ready to come out. Well, there's Robbie Anderson. We think we got something here at tight end. Right. We think we've got some pieces around him that we, and, and we all know what happened. Now, unfortunately it was, I think a lot to blame with Adam Gaze, but at the same time, you know, we've kind of we've heard this before. You can even go back to the Mark Sanchez time. Mm-hmm. Well, polished NFL, you know, ready quarterback, you know, had a lot of success in college, maybe even, you know, certainly on a bigger stage than Zach Wilson had success. But you go back, I mean, they did make it to a couple AFC championship games, but in terms of fantasy, was that Jets offense anything really special fantasy wise? Not so much. I mean, the defense was very good on those teams. So I think that's where I struggle. It's like, do I look at the Jets score on a weekly basis and do I see a 16 or a 24? I think I see a lot more 16s personally. Right. No, no, I think that's that's absolutely fair. Uh, all right. So the last one, uh, the aforementioned Mac Jones. Um, I mean, what do, do you think he's going to be the starter in week one? I mean, there, there's a legitimate battle between he and Cam Newton happening mm-hmm. right now. Uh, do you think Mac Jones wins this? And, and what do you think his ceiling is? Well, everybody laughed at me when I said, and during our draft coverage of Fantasy Pros, live in the draft, I said, there's your week one starter. And all my mm-hmm. colleagues went, ha, 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 you're crazy. <laughs> and then we did our bold prediction show just last week. And I said, Mac Jones, starter of week one. Mm-hmm. Once again, the laughs ensue. Then the game happened. Then the game happened. Mm-hmm. And now there's a lot less people laughing. I can't hear <laughs> laughter. The laughter has dissipated and now it's become concern. I think there's a good chance. I think this is the game that's going to really tell this tale coming up. And this is a fascinating one, too, because you're going to see Hertz, Cam Newton, and Mac Jones, three quarterbacks in fantasy that really you want to see certain things happen in that performance because the ripple effect from those guys, whether it be Superflex or whether it just be the offenses in general, are huge. This is a huge Thursday night football game that I'm hyping up for NFL right here. But it really <laughs> is because it's very important The what happens after this game really is going to define at least the beginning of the season for the Eagles and for uh, the New England Patriots. I think there's right now, it's a 40% chance that I would say Mac Jones starts right now. And even though I'm the bold, crazy person saying it's going to (laughs) happen, I would put it at 40%. But if he goes out there and has a similar game and Cam Newton puts up the same kind of performance he did, 
I think all of a sudden it flips to 60%. I think mm. all of a sudden it goes from 40-60 way to 60-40 in Mac Jones' favor because the future has to be now for the Patriots. You're looking up in a division with Josh Allen and Tua Tungvaluwa, right? You're looking up at those two guys. You really think what you did last year, you know, is going to be good enough offensively to compete? It's just not. Right. And and Cam Newton, look, Cam Newton, tremendous athlete. Cam Newton had some really great fantasy seasons, but I think when you always go back and look at Cam Newton, there were always deficits with him throwing the football. It was never, mm -hmm. he was never a prolific passer. And I think for the Patriots, their identity, getting all these players back from last year who didn't play because of COVID, right? They're getting all these defensive players back. And now all of a sudden you, you've added some pieces. You've added Johnny, you added Aguilar. I th still think they could use a definitive playmaker out there. We'll see if Stevenson becomes anything too. But I think you can get back to playing defense, running the football, proficient, precision passing, and be more of the Patriots we're used to, which is maybe not the greatest fantasy team, but certainly a team that's going to win a lot of games. And I think that's the thing that they want to get back to. Let's not pretend like it's lost on Bill Belichick, that Tom Brady went to Tampa and won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, if you don't think that bothers Bill Belichick in some way, you're wrong. It just yeah. does. No, absolutely. I mean, you're right. No, it, it is a formula that worked for 20 years in New mm -hmm. England, right? I mean, just a guy, a, a precision passer from the pocket, uh, you know, who hell 30 let's go back to bledsoe yeah i mean no, you're right that's the team i grew up with right i grew up with the ben Coates curtis martin patriots that i absolutely right. loved and that's when i fell in love with that team and then they lost the super bowl beforehand so i thought maybe it was just me i'm a jinx and then the next 20 <laughs> years of my life were very very spoiled it was beautiful but you know they've always been that team and that goes back to parcells it goes back to the parcells vision with chris sims mm -hmm. i mean excuse me um uh, phil sims phil rather sims. with the giants mm -hmm. excuse me it goes back to you know vinnie testaverde with the browns with bill belichick mm -hmm. right it, it's not new it's it's about proficiency and then vinnie testaverde with the jets with parcells right it always goes back to can you make good decisions can you not turn over the football can you put us in a situation to win we'll play defense and we're going to win football games and you know what? They've had a lot of success with that mindset from the Parcells, Belichick-ish, you know, era mm -hmm. all the way for the last 30 plus years of the NFL. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So I, I, like I said, I, I think I think there's a pretty even chance that it could be Mac Jones over Cam Newton. You you're at even one. already. I like uh, that. I like no, that. I mean, I, I think it is. I mean, I just 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 sort of by reading the tea leaves. Right. And, and everything we're hearing. I mean, it, it sounds like this is this is not. Uh, you know, this is not Cam's job to lose necessarily. Like this is a real battle going you on. You know, there. you might have just nailed it. I think that might be the best way to put it. It's not Cam's job to lose right now. It's mm -hmm. actually Max to win, yeah. and maybe that's why it should be fifty percent. Look at you, look yeah. at you putting it yeah. perfectly. Every look now and every now and then I run into then. a couple. You know, it just happens. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, so I'll do some, some either ors with you. I got a couple of guys, and I'll give you a round, and, and you tell me which one you'd rather have. So, okay. All at right, quarterback, Justin Herbert in round six or Matthew Stafford in round eight? Oh, man. Justin Herbert blew my mind last year because I thought he would be okay. Mm -hmm. I thought he would be better than some other people did. But I'm not only any of us saw that coming. Like anybody who was out there, I want to meet that fantasy analyst that said Justin <laughs> Herbert is going to set rookie records because I don't think any of us thought that was possible. 
I'm going to go with Stafford. Uh, mm. I think Stafford in this new lease of life, give me a little cheaper in the single quarterback league. I know this isn't fair to Justin Herbert because he was that good last year. He mm. should demand the draft capital there, but I want to see it again. Is that wrong? I want to see no. it again before I buy in. I just feel like that's where I'm at. I don't love the play calling of Lombardi. I don't know how much I want to put that on the Lions, <laughs> how much I want to put that <laughs> on Lombardi. We shall see. But I think at the end of the day, I'd rather take Stafford who – like I know, you know, Stafford's been one of these guys that I think has been a little maligned in his career or maybe underrated, underappreciated. Mm-hmm. And this is a beautiful situation for him with lots of great wide receivers, a great offensive-minded coach, a great defense. This is like, I mean, you're dropping Matthew Stafford into a great situation mm-hmm. here. And I just he's so excited for it. So as long as he's healthy, I think I'll take the discount on Stafford. But it's not fair to Justin Herbert. I'm sorry. I want to send him an edible arrangement. I'm, very, I'm <laughs> I, so sorry. But I, I, I totally get it. I mean, Matthew Stafford, for me, has become the latest patron saint of the church of wait on a quarterback, right? Like for people who want to wait until a later round, Stafford is that guy. And now you put him in a better situation, right? Like he is in Los Angeles with those great weapons, with a great offensive-minded head coach. I, I totally dig it. Now, that's, that said, I've, look, I've drafted Herbert in the sixth. I've drafted Stafford in the eighth or ninth. I feel okay with both mm-hmm. of them. I get, though, the idea of wanting to wait now that there's a new offensive coordinator there. And the fact that right now people are taking Justin Herbert right around QB six or so. And for me, that does feel a little bit like you're drafting him pretty close to his ceiling. Right. Um, so if he doesn't hit, look, if, if you draft him as the QB six and he finishes his QB eight, you're not really broken up. But if 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 it takes him a while to sort of learn this new system and he finishes the year as QB 10 or 11, you're going to be a little bit bent about it. Um, Is it wrong to say I'd rather have Tannehill than both? No, I don't think okay. so. Right. I mean, you talk about another guy who I don't think is getting enough love this offseason. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Tannehill fits squarely into that description. What, a, yeah. what an offense that could I mean, Julio on one side, AJ Brown on the other, Derek Henry, Henry in the backfield. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been, I mean, really, like, think about it. Like, what do you do defensively to stop that? Because if you bring up the safeties, that's a problem because right. now you're going to leave those corners in single coverage against those two beasts on the, right. on the other side. Like, you can't do that. And, and if you don't, then Derek Henry runs all over you. So I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I legitimately have no idea. You've got to just play so well at the line that you can get to Tannehill, you can get to Henry, you could stop any sort of downfield possibilities because I just, I mean, this is going to be a really fun offense potentially to watch with those two guys. I, I'm very curious how this is going to go yeah. because it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, all right. David Montgomery in the third or Daryl Henderson in the fourth? David Montgomery all day. I'm here to restore <laughs> the good name of David Montgomery. I am so sick and tired. I'm going to cut a nice Adam Rank promo pro wrestling style for you right now. I am sick and tired of hearing how David Montgomery was good against the bad teams in the later part of last year. How about we rejoice and celebrate about that? How about that for once? How many times do we look at matchups? This should be good. And then the guy underperforms and we get upset. The guy is good against the bad teams and I get... Take it this way. I know whatever you want to tell you about strength of schedule or defenses or maybe going into the year, you try to rank that stuff. Guess what? Right now, he's got a really good situation yeah. in terms of run defenses. Why can't David Montgomery be basically what he was? I'm so sick of hearing about Tariq Cohen. I am sick about it. I'm <laughs> sick about Williams. I'm sick about all this. Give this man some credit. They gave him the football. They threw him the football. All he did was be awesome. 
And you know what? Maybe he's that kind of back that just has to touch the football more in order to get the best version of him because that's probably more like what he's used to in his career in high school and in college. Some guys are like that. Not everybody is the Miles Sanders type who can catch the ball 12 times and all of a sudden be a fantasy asset. Maybe it is a guy like Montgomery who just has to be part of that game. And all of a sudden when you add in better quarterback play, and I love Mooney on the other side too. I love Robinson. I mean, those guys are great. Man, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm the only guy who's excited about having David Montgomery on his team. You give me him as my RB2, I am so happy because I feel like, and I just took him in flex draft last week as my RB2. Thrilled, mm-hmm. great, given to me. I know what I'm getting, and you know I'm just not buying all this other noise that those other guys are going to make that much of a difference. I am starting to get back on. Good. So, 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 so here's here's my here's my evolution of David Montgomery. <laughs> like as a, as a rookie, I was I was super hyped on him. I was super mm-hmm. big on him, and he turned out to just be kind of meh in yeah. his rookie season. Then last year, midway through the year, I looked at that schedule and I was really advocating, like, "Hey, go get him. If you can get him in a trade, mm-hmm. go get him. He will help you to the playoffs. He may help you win a championship." And for a lot of people, he did. He took you pretty far into the postseason. And so then this year, I I started this year thinking sort of along those lines, like, "Hey, look." Tariq Cohen's going to be back. Will the schedule be so favorable? Like, I had questions, but I looked. And on paper, like, look, what we look at on paper right now might not be what it is once we actually start playing games. But on paper, that schedule looks pretty nice for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's you know, talk about Cohen and his rehab and his recovery and how long it's going to take. And the fact that what we saw last year was that he can be trusted as a pass catcher. I mean, when Cohen right? was out, they used him more in the passing game, and he did a damn good job of it. So... All these things sort of coalescing make me a little bit more excited about David Montgomery. And it it also, by the way, is sort of a reminder that if a guy doesn't necessarily pop in year one, it doesn't mean that he's bad, right? Like David Montgomery was not the guy that we maybe hyped him up to be in year one. All right, so maybe it takes two year two. Maybe it takes maybe two year hey, three. Melvin Gordon was the same way. Remember Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon so famously excited. did not score a touchdown in his rookie <laughs> season. Everybody's like, "What's touchdown. wrong?" He was What's dead to everyone. And anybody who bought post hype the next year, especially in Dynasty, yeah, they had a pretty good run there with Melvin Gordon. Uh, yeah. Look, David Montgomery. You know, I, I like this the 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 running back Frankenstein. The Frankenstein, oh yeah, right there. That will live with him forever. By the way. you know what? I hope he has more athleticism than Sony Michelle at this stage. <laughs> That's all I hope. But look, I just feel like, if, especially if you are somebody that I, you know, if you're somebody that ends up taking a Devonte Adams, let's say in round one, right, or one of those big wide receiver talents, and and there's nothing wrong in the PPR with doing that. Why not take a guy like that or Travis Kelsey? And then you want to you know start to build your running back core. Why not start or or have a piece of David Montgomery? Because the job is his. He performed very well. The ancillary pieces around him, I don't think are going to stunt the amount of volume he's going to have overall. And he's proven already that he's a player on the upswing who finishes as a top five running back. He finished as a top five running back. And I understand that there was no Barkley, there was no McCaffrey, there was none of the, like a lot of the premium guys got hurt. That is fair. Like, it almost feels like that same conversation we used to have about Devontae Freeman back in the day. Like, he's just good. He's just fine. He's going to be fine for a couple. And everybody wanted to make Tevin Coleman a thing, and Tevin Coleman never became a thing. And every year at the turn, you could take Devontae Freeman, and he would get you, you know, a pretty good fantasy season, and you'd be okay there. And I think the discount you're getting on David Montgomery is, like you said, it's like a third-round pick or something like that, right? I mean, yeah, I think you could do him, Chris Carson. There's a lot of guys to like in that area. If you hit wide receiver early to start pivoting to running back, I think you could do a lot worse than Montgomery. Um, don't get me started about Chris Carson. How 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 a guy is perennially underrated? Like everybody admits, everybody admits that he's underrated, and somehow we still just. Hey, if I gave you a team right now that started Adams, Carson, Montgomery, would you go to war with that? I'm thrilled. 
See, me too. Really you and bad. me. Uh, and don't Hang look now, out. by the way. People are still trying to make Tevin Coleman a thing. Oh, it's, still, it's still happening. Stop. Still Enough. Happening. Uh, all right. La- I'll give you this last one here. Kenny Galladay in the seventh or Debo Samuel in the eighth? Oh, this is tough. Um, <laughs> well, I think you're getting such a discount on Galladay where now it's starting to get intriguing. Like it's mm-hmm. getting to a point now where, you know, and I was one of these guys in the beginning of the year saying, look, schedule's not great. Daniel Jones isn't great. <laughs> like there's a lot of problems <laughs> here, right? Because he's facing what, four of the top six corners, I think mm-hmm. in the first six weeks of the season. That's mm-hmm. a problem. He's already hurt. That's a problem. And Daniel Jones turns over the ball at an alarming rate. And what that means is there's a finite number of scoring opportunities that teams have, and that's mm-hmm. going to affect your fantasy, right? It's very simple. This is more of like a, a daily fantasy kind of, you know, intellectual argument, but you can use it in the season long because if you think Daniel Jones is going to fumble a ball and throw at least one interception in a game, that's two drives right there that is going to be killing Kenny Galladay's touchdown upside. Mm-hmm. Then you add in just Daniel Jones being Daniel Jones and a couple three and outs. Next thing you know, you are like razor thin here. And it's great to get Barkley back. Debo is tough for me because Debo is a guy that I personally loved coming into the league. Very excited about. Came into the league, kind of hurt. It's been hurt ever since, really. This is the problem. Now, I'm hoping that we get the better version here. What I like about Debo is, you know, you can use him in lots of different ways to get him the football. Ayuk was incredibly eye-opening last year. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. I, I think I would probably prefer to draft Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Take that little round extra. And then after, I would say, the first four or five weeks of the season, go make a trade for Kenny Galladay. Because mm-hmm. I think whoever has Kenny Galladay is going to be frustrated by the time they're in mid-October. And if I'm going <laughs> to use my draft capital, I want to get off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And Debo's healthy now. I think Debo can help get me off to a good start. I'm not so sure about Kenny Galladay. I don't want to go two and four. I want to go four and two. And I think Galladay's a better trade target than a draft target right now in terms of capital I have to spend. Hmm, that's fair. Uh, I mean, I think also I think all the things you named about the Giants that make you worried, throwing the fact that there are a lot of targets there. I mean, there are a lot of guys that they can target in that yeah. offense too. You know, I mean, Sterling, Sterling Shepard is still walking. He's free. Sterling uh, Shepard, right? Free in every draft. You get right. all the Sterling Shepard you want. <laughs> I mean, why not, right? Yeah. No, I mean, he still walks the earth. I mean, look, for all the frustration <laughs> of Evan Ingram last year, he's still going to be out there. And he's still going to be getting targets. Darius Slayton is still going to get the football thrown his way mm-hmm. on occasion. Um, it's just a lot of people that they got to try and, and and get involved with a quarterback that I don't know can support that many wide receivers. Not, mm-hmm. not in a fantasy perspective at all. So yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, all right. Before I let you go, I'd like to do some some rapid fire, fun, uh, non-fantasy related questions. So the first one for you, what is your least favorite household chore? Well, as a single father for uh, many years of two little girls, every chore is mine. So <laughs> they also I mean, because when you're you know, you're the guy that shops for the groceries, cooks the meals mm-hmm. and then throws out the trash. You're mm-hmm. when you're that guy, they all just kind of blend together. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I saw this and I thought about this and you know what I'm bad at and I don't know why I don't know what it is but like after I empty the dishwasher you know sometimes you take the Tupperware out and it's still wet and you can leave mm-hmm. it on the rack I feel like I'm just gonna end up using that Tupperware again in like three hours for something else why am I even putting it away why put it I'm away? the worst mm-hmm. it's just out there it's just it's gonna stay on the rack it's gonna stay on the drying rack like I'm so bad about putting of all the stupid things. <laughs> Putting away the Tupperware, I struggle. I love to cook. It's my only other outlet now that I have left. So that's the only other thing I can do. But yeah, like that's the one. Like I don't mind all the other stuff. Like that's fine. I take care of the pool. I take care of the the cooking. I take care of the cleaning, all that stuff. 
I, just, I can't put away a Tupperware to save my life. I'm the worst. <laughs> That's what I feel about laundry. Like, I don't mind washing laundry. Oh, you're drying that it. guy. I don't even mind folding laundry. Like, that's just, fine. I can, you know, I can throw a TV show on or something like, you know, binge watch something on folding laundry. It's putting it away. Here's the question. Where do you fold it? Do you fold it in the laundry room or do you fold it in the bedroom where the clothes go? Oh, I fold it. I, neither. I fold it in the living room on the couch. And then it's like, that's so I take an extra step. I take it from the laundry mm-hmm. room to the couch and then to the bedroom where they go. So you maybe that's the, the middleman. Maybe Listen that's the to me, problem. Grant. What you do is you cut out the middleman. You go right to the bedroom. If you fold it on the bed, you're probably just going to put it away because then you have to sleep in the bed. That's the little <laughs> trick. You're welcome. There you go. Better Life Homes hacks. and Gardens with Joey P. Life hacks from Joe Pizzapia. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> uh, all right. So you said you like to cook. Does that mean do you have a favorite fast food place? A fast food place? Oh, I do. Oh, of course. We all have to indulge once in a while. Right. I'm not going to lie. I don't care who gets uh, get judged about this. I, I like the White Castle, man. I don't know, man. I do. I don't, I don't know if you have that out there. And yeah, uh, we, no, we, we don't have it here, but I have had it. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why, man. It's mm-hmm. it's every everything. Maybe not good for you. It's fine. It's something about those little tiny sliders. I don't know. That's it's my thing. You have one. What's your, what's uh, your go to? I you know what? I love of the major ones. I'm not going to lie. I love Wendy's. Like I think Wendy's, Wendy's is not good. Oh man, give me a frosty any day of the week, bro. Wendy's is awesome. Give me you know? a frosty. Like this, look, all the all the the battles from all these places over their chicken sandwich. Like the spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's is still the goat to me. Like it, really, it just is. It I is. did like the Popeyes one. I just tried the Wendy's new one the other mm-hmm. day because I was actually coming home late from flex draft. Right, it's late. Everyone's been drinking and hanging <laughs> out after the draft. It's like a weird time. You didn't really eat dinner. You kind of ate something earlier on, but you were at the bar that was six hours ago. So I was like, I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to stop at Wendy's and try this chicken sandwich on the way home. And it was good. I thought the Popeye's was better, but okay. Wendy's, yeah, but no, I, I think for Wendy's. overall, I agree. Wendy's has a, a lot. Everything good there is okay. Yeah. Right. You know? I think that, 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 you know, that's the baseline, right? It's like you just want it to be right. okay. <laughs> As opposed to like someplace you can get that one thing there. That's good. And that's it. But don't get the other thing. Don't don't get the other thing. Nah, so right. good. You don't want that. Uh, so last one. Do you have a favorite holiday? Oh, I'm a Christmas nerd. Christmas okay. begins. We start putting up stuff like the village goes out in my house. Maybe this is like the super Italian in me. Like the, the, the village goes out. The tree is up before Thanksgiving. That's right. It's not decorated. We decorate it the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving in my house is more like a, a warm up. It's like Christmas Eve Eve. It's like the beginning of Christmas. It's the however many days. It's, it's the, like the, the preseason for Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's the preseason. You eat a little bit. There's no gifts, uh, you know, exchange. There's football, which is nice. But yeah, the next day it's about decorating that tree. I, I am a I'm a Christmas guy. That's uh, I don't know why. I just always love it. I like the whole thing. I like the music. I like the. I, we do three days of cookie making at my house. Wow. All the different cookies. I make the regatta cookies. I make the chocolate chip. We do the snicker. Do the whole thing, Marcus. Wow. You come over to the Pizza Pia house for Christmas season. I'm going to feed you, my friend. That's what I we do. I am absolutely going to be there. Dude, Joe, appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you. Uh, again, I mean, you got plenty going on. Go get the Black Book at Amazon. And then uh, you got your your your, your pod-a-thon, your, your, your marathon pod oh. coming up. I will be forcing it to sit in for a little bit. It'll be yeah, fun. that's right. I somehow convinced you to do that. I don't know what bet you lose with me all the time. You have to spend more time with me, especially in the same week. You really got to get a better agent, Grant. I really do. You really got to change what you're doing. I'm going to get friend. on the phone. Get on the but phone. But yeah, Marcus Grant's going to be there. A lot of big time guests are going to be there. We're going to have fantasy football, wall-to-wall, mock drafts, coverage, everything at Fantasy Pros on our YouTube channel, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern on Thursday, the 19th of August, all the way to 10 p.m. at night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Dan Harris, myself, Kyle Yates, 
and just a cavalcade of fantasy football all-stars. Uh, we've got, like I say, it's just going to be really fun. And uh, I, I appreciate you having me on. It's always fun to hang out with you and talk with you and see you hopefully in person, maybe next year. Hopefully one Canton. day. Yeah, hopefully. Next and uh, I appreciate you plugging all the great work of my team at the Black Book to go get it on Amazon uh, right now. And what I like about what we're doing is we're trying to give you strategy. It's not just player evaluations. There's standalone chapters for Superflex, for PPR, for best ball, for high stakes leagues. We're trying to be the one book to rule them all, like Lord of the Rings. That's what we try to do. We got incredible IDP, 150 deep. We've got a recap of the entire NFL draft for fantasy dynasty purposes. It's it's something, and it's updated. We just updated August 1st, and that's wow. the thing, too. A lot of things that hit the stores, you know, you can't update them. Mm. Not us. We are updated, ready to go, and uh, hopefully take you through all of your fantasy season, man. And I hope all good uh, health to you and your team's as well my friend appreciate it appreciate it go check them out like i said at amazon uh, go check them out on twitter as well so then in the meantime for us that is it we are done we appreciate you hanging out with the nfl fantasy football show you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate review and remember where did noah keep those two woodpeckers on the ark be safe take care of yourselves get vaccinated and we'll see you on thursday You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 